0: From WFUV News, I'm Rebecca Gutierrez, and this is She Was, She Is, a podcast series exploring how women have advanced in music, politics, business, and sports. Each week, we'll speak with industry professionals to learn about the struggles and successes of women in their field. On today's episode, we're focusing on women in sports. Later on in the show, we'll talk with Olympic wrestler Adeline Gray about the inequalities that exist between men and women in her sport.
1: The world of wrestling still is very much a boys club. When I began wrestling, I was competing against boys until I got into my later high school years. Uh, So I did have some challenges when it came to boys competing against girls. You still have that dilemma.
0: But first, my interview with Patti Bifolko from the Women's Sports Foundation. Her organization is considered the leading voice for driving gender equity in sport and strives to enable all girls and women to reach their full potential in this field. They do this through their research, advocacy, education, fellowships, and mentorship programs that exist for all female athletes from youth to professional. Patty, thank you so much for for joining me. I'm really excited to speak with you this morning. Oh, thanks
2: for having me, Rebecca.
0: I asked Patty, what are some of the common challenges that female athletes face?
2: For me, it ladders up to gender equity in sport, you know, and that there's still a disparity. You know, our, at the Women's Sports Foundation, we uh, issued a huge uh, report last year, Chasing Equity, a report, and the the title kind of says it, but it really was looking at the full landscape of the sports experience for girls and women, and it really delved in on um, a number of areas, you know, looking at girls' sports, access and opportunity, where, you know, where are we meeting the mark, where is it still falling behind, Title IX right? Awareness, education, compliance, like who's, who, who gets it, who's still trying to figure it out. Um, mental and physical health and safety uh, for female athletes. We also took a look at leadership, you know, pay equity, workplace bias, um, as well as media and sponsorship. You know, when you think about it, men's sports versus women's sports, all of those areas, um, there isn't true gender equity yet. And that just to me is where all ladders up into, you know, it, it all comes up, and up under that um, that challenge of gender equity in sports.
0: These challenges aren't unique to today. Many female athletes face the same problems historically. I asked Patty if and how these challenges have evolved.
2: Yeah, you know, that's a really good question, Rebecca. Actually, it's interesting. If you think when you say historically, actually, if you look back like 45, 50 years ago and the time that's lapsed since, you know, if you think about it, people have largely invested in men's sports right be it creating the teams the leagues uh the support via sponsorship dollars you know the the broadcast packages for the networks you know it all centered historically on men's sports so that's all that people were exposed to they didn't know and couldn't see anything else so therefore women's sports have been playing catch-up since you know the paradigm has shifted um and we have you know made tremendous progress i mean just look at you know, FIFA World Cup, right? Look at the WNBA. Uh, take a look even this past uh, March, the NCAA basketball tournament. You know, we, we've made a lot of ground, but there's still more ground to cover. And I think we've also seen, um, Rebecca, where people might debate like, oh, strength versus finesse. But sports is more than that. You know, take, take a look at the skills. The level of the competitiveness, competitiveness, you know, the competition, the drama, it's all there across all sports, men's and women's sports. So our view at the Women's Sports Foundation is, you know, both deserve to be broadcast, supported, and seen to equal levels. You know, diversity is entertaining. Give the fans options, you know, let them to decide for themselves what they want to follow, who they want to
0: follow. Although these issues have existed for so many years, there's also been huge progress made towards gender equity in sport. Patty told me what some of the turning points were that contributed to that progress.
2: Yeah, you know, actually, um, just last year, uh, the our founder, Billie Jean King, and part of the original nine. It was over fifty years ago that nine incredibly courageous women, you know, put their tennis careers on the line, you know, and took a stand for equality. You know, they opposed you know, the incredible disparity, you know, of prize money, uh, you know, between men and women's pro tennis and said, all right, we're stepping out of that. And they signed a $1 contract each, $1 in the midst and the height of their careers to make a stand. And then, you know, uh, went with a tennis promoter, Gladys Heldman, and played what was then the newly formed Houston Women's Invitation. Now, from that experience, that tournament's success And the attention that it got, it put it on the map for people to realize, hey, wait a minute, what's going on? But from that tournament, that then spurred the Virginia Slims circuit, which ultimately paved the way, you know, for the WTA tour. And now, if you look at where we are now, compared to then, you know, since, I think since 2007, all four Grand Slam tournaments offer equal prize money to men and women. So you can, you know, directly link the courage of that original nine really sticking their necks out and look at where we are today. And then it's interesting. So I think that's a a definitely a turning, you know, a turning point, a pivotal moment. But it was only uh, Rebecca just a few years later in um, June of 74 with the passage of Title IX. So you know that law applies to educational institutions, you know, that receive federal funds. It prohibits discrimination in educational programs and all educational programs and activities, not just sports. But for athletic programs, they are considered educational programs and activities. So Title IX, you know, gave women athletes the right to equal opportunity in sport in educational institutions in the schools. You know, everything from elementary to high school. You know, to universities. So I look at it and say, like, okay, we go from the original nine a few years later than Title IX, and then if you want to leap it forward, you know, uh, after that as well, we're back up. You know, many people look at the 1996 Atlanta Olympics. And point to that and say that was, you know, uh, often thought of it to be a direct result, the incredible, incredible feats that U.S. women dominated in those, you know, Atlanta Olympic Games and Paralympic Games, that people tie that back to Title IX. Look at it, it was decades later. Look at where, you know, the sports then moved. And if you uh, look back at that, you know... Um, like I said, the U.S. women dominated. I mean, there were gold medals in basketball, gymnastics, soccer, synchronized swimming, softball. And the WNBA was founded in 96. You know, the first season came in 97. But again, building on the heels of the success of the U.S. Olympic women's basketball team, the symmetry of that, that then fed into the WNBA, which now this year will celebrate its 25th season. So, um, you know, tipping points can happen throughout time, right? And you can, I can see how it then evolves and it all moves it forward. So it's very fun. And, and to this day, hey, we see history on any given day and moment, and that's, that's exciting.
0: History is also driven forward through equal representation of female athletes. Starting at age six, more boys play sports than girls, and that gap steadily grows through adulthood. Here's what Patty had to say about the importance of representation.
2: Oh, my goodness. Well, you know, as you like to say, representation matters. And actually, um, you know, Rebecca, our our founder, uh, Billie Jean King has often said she needs to see it to be it, you know, representation matters across the board, seeing women challenge themselves and build their skills and compete across sports and across all levels, you know, whether it be, you know, uh, grade school, uh, high school, collegiate pro, whether you're the athlete, the coach, the front office, the owners, it all matters. You know, young girls see that and realize and know that they can too. And it's also important for young boys to see it too, to grow up and realize, hey, that's the norm.
0: Representation of female coaches is just as important as representation of female athletes. The Women's Sports Foundation found that 77% of female leaders reported that a lack of exposure to female coaches as role models limited girls' sports participation. Coaches are crucial to the success of an athlete. I wanted to know who Patty thinks are some of the most successful and trailblazing female athletes.
2: So many incredible, yeah, uh, trailblazers in women's sports. Of course, our founder, you know, Billie Jean King. I also think of Serena Williams and her 23 Grand Grand Slam titles, right? Most by any player in the Open era, you know, second only to Margaret Court. Um, I also think of like trailblazers. Look, look at all that the U.S. women's, you know, national team, the soccer team has done. I mean, throughout history, the 99ers started it, but current, you know, uh, current team and the phenomenal, you know, records they've broken on the field and their, you know, fight for pay equity off the field, that takes tremendous, you know, effort and dedication. I also think of the, um, all the players of the WNBA. What incredible grace, poise and power that they showed through the most unconventional season of 2020. I mean, let alone, you're going into a bubble and trying to figure out in a pandemic. And then they dedicate their season to social justice and racial equality. Phenomenally powerful.
0: There are also numerous up-and-coming female athletes who Patty thinks are going to make history. Here's some of them.
2: I mean, clearly we're all, um, you know, looking forward to the Tokyo Games and excited and hopeful, you know, for those. And I think we're going to see some tremendous athletes and tremendous stories come out of that as we do. I'm also right now, I've got, you know, WNBA on my mind since the draft was just, you know, this past Thursday night. So looking at, you know, so exciting to see for, you know, Charlie Collier, you know, Ari McDonald. I mean, what an amazing collegiate careers they've had now as they transition into the WNBA. It'll be great to get Sabrina Ionescu back, you know, that was only her, she's only going into her second year, but by injury, you know, it almost feels like a first. So it'll be exciting to see, you know, for them. I also think about how You know, it's interesting, Rebecca, it was only a few years ago that, you know, people became more aware of uh, Naomi Osaka. Look at how much her career has just exploded. You know, it's just been phenomenal. Again, another female, you know, athlete who is making tremendous strides on the court, but also having an impact in the world off the court.
0: Looking forward, Patty thinks there are a few key issues that the sports industry needs to be focusing on so gender equity can be reached.
2: Obviously, some things that, you know, rise to the top that is so evident, like we've seen, you know, pay equity, right, over the last couple of years, that the fact of, you know, all the work, look, women's hockey have been in this space fighting for it, WNBA have been fighting for it, you know, the um, U.S. Women's National Team in soccer, you know, certainly put it on, on the radar for folks, um, as well as though, take a look at like sponsorship dollars, you know, more, more brands and, and, and entities are starting to get behind women's sports. There's still a long way to go. So kudos to those who are in early and they're smart and to continue to build on that. But media exposure too, that continues to be a challenge. Women's sports is happening every single day. There are great stories. There are great competitions. There's great you know, things happening every day. And yet... If you think about when do you, you know, see that on your local news broadcast or when are you seeing it at the top of the fold in the sports section, it's FIFA World Cup, it's the Olympics, it's Paralympics, it's the NCAA tournament, but this is happening every single day. Why aren't we seeing it and getting the attention of everything every single day? So it's a combination, you know, of things, but I think some of the top, you know, it all ladders up to that gender, you know, equity in sport and reaching true equity in sport. Um, but I think for the average person, probably what comes to the top of their mind is being aware of the pay equity, the, the media exposure of uh, the sponsorship support.
0: Thank you so much. And if people want to uh, learn more about your organization, where, where can they do that?
2: Yeah, well, people can go to our website, womensportsfoundation.org. And also, you know, follow us on social. We're on Instagram, you know, Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, Um, yeah, would love for people to follow us, you know, join us and, uh, learn what we're up to.
0: Now my interview with five-time world champion and Olympic wrestler, Adeline Gray. Adeline began wrestling when she was six years old and went on to lead one of the most successful wrestling careers in history. She recently qualified to compete in the Tokyo Olympics this summer, so she's currently training. Adeline, thank you so much for being with me today. I really appreciate you taking the time. Thanks for having me. I'm happy to be here. We started our conversation with Adeline telling me about some of the inequalities that she's observed in the world of wrestling.
1: So the world of wrestling still is very much a boys club. When I began wrestling, I was competing against boys until I got into my later high school years. Uh, so I did have some challenges when it came to boys competing against girls, you still have that dilemma of, I had some boys who forfeited against me. Um, I also had some uniform challenges where they didn't make a uniform for my body a a men's or a boy's cut singlet is lower in the chest, it's lower in the armpits. There's not a lot of room for my hips or my legs. And so my body is just different. And especially when you get, become a woman, you need some more coverage when it comes to, um, wearing a higher neck sports bra and a singlet that fits comfortably so you're not trying to rip it onto you when you're sweating coming for a match and so uh it was there were some um hiccups i guess is what i'll call them because we kind of made through all the all the issues that came up i mean i wouldn't be where i am today without a lot of smart people who are able to solve these issues And uh, I'm thankful for those people. They were men and women who stepped up and were like, no, this is a little problem and we can figure out how to fix it. For example, when I was in high school, they didn't have a uniform for me and the rule was it had to be the same uniform as all the boys. Well, when they special ordered my singlet, They didn't have the same pattern, and so my singlet was slightly different, and they tried to tell me I couldn't compete at some of the events because my singlet was different, but it was made to be different. I needed it higher on the armpits, I wanted it higher on the chest, and I made room for my hips and my female legs. And so there there were little bumps like that that we had to push through throughout my career.
0: I asked Adeline if she feels like public perception of her is different as compared to her male wrestling counterparts. Here's what she had to say about it.
1: I think that there is a level of understanding when you hear that a young boy wrestles. There's some allowances that we have in our society for young men to be aggressive and and powerful and strong. And we don't always have that perception for young women. And especially for little girls, you know, like we have, I was always called like a beast and I had these like words that didn't feel like they fit with my identity as much as when a young boy got called a beast, like he thrived in that word of being called powerful and strong. And and I didn't really understand. I'm like, why are you calling me a beast? I'm just good at, ath- at something athletic and I'm strong and I'm, I'm able to get tense and tap into this athletic prowess that I had and have in a way that people really didn't understand. And so when it comes to understanding perception of female athletes, I think there's still this under-sexualization and over-sexualization that kind of happens naturally with us. And uh, it becomes a, an issue when you're talking to some media or you're kind of just having a conversation about someone.
0: Adeline also talked about how a lack of representation of women in wrestling has personally affected her.
1: The representation of women in sports is vital. I I didn't know other young women wrestled and I didn't know when they started women competing in the Olympics in 2004. I was in high school and I thought I was gonna play college soccer because that's who I saw in the media. That's what I envisioned myself. And I have two younger sisters went on to play d1 and d2 soccer so it's a path that was very realistic it was very it was something that i could have walked very easily onto a d1 team gone to four years of school and then been done with my athletic career i'm now 30 years old i'm one of the most accomplished wrestlers in, in usa wrestling history it's been incredible that i've been able to be kind of swept into this different world of individual combat sports and been able to understand that I could thrive here I could really reach heights that have never happened I'm the first five-time world champion in USA wrestling history male or female I've been able to win world championships at the junior level the university level and the senior level, Um, and I could be the first heavyweight champion, uh, Olympic champion for Team USA, so it's been pretty special to see that, and I I think USA Wrestling and the media is just scratching the surface on highlighting some of these accomplishments and, and understanding the impact that that can have on young girls and young women, but also boys as well. I mean, I was inspired by boys, and the fact that I can inspire both genders to see that you can create a world for yourself that has never really been explored by someone else in in your country or in your situation. And I I think it's very important for women to see that. And I think it's important for me to continue to reach new heights. You know, I I need more investors funding my career. I need more donors. I need more uh, sponsors when it comes to highlighting what what truly we're doing right now. Team USA has an opportunity to go into the Olympics and beat out Japan, who is the top country since the beginning of women's wrestling. And it could be huge. And we have the team to do it. And I really hope that there's the media push behind that because we have a special team and a special group of women that could truly inspire young women and young men to do something great for themselves and
0: for this country. But people won't know about Adeline and her team without representing them in the media. The Women's Sports Foundation found that just 3% of sports media coverage is devoted to women's sports. Here's what Adeline had to say about how media coverage has affected her career.
1: The role that the media play is kind of an interesting one because I on the, I guess like surface,ly I feel like the media really is trying. They're trying to highlight me. They're trying to put me in the right spots. And, uh, but there's some pushback as well. You know, it's still the fact that there are a lot more boys and I don't look like a 16 year old boy. And so why would you put me on the cover of USA wrestler magazine when I don't represent the medium person that is wrestling in our country? And so there, there is kind of that give and take when it comes to highlighting our our medals and highlighting our accomplishments the same that the men's were and there are opportunities that come up for the men who like women don't compete at the ncaa level quite yet we're getting d1 status we're pushing for that currently but i never went to a d1 school so i don't have any of that following that happens and so i have young men who compete at the ncaa's maybe make a world team maybe win a medal and they get paid for opportunities that I would never be able to ask for just because I am a woman. And my accomplishments are five and ten times more. And for me to ask for five times more than what that average you know, man is making in my sport for clinics and camps and media and, and uh, uh, appearance opportunities, which I, I get a lot of pushback about how. I'm not supporting, you know, giving back to women. And I'm like, well, I don't feel like you're not supporting giving back to women because you're not paying what my value is and what I'm worth. And so there is, um, there is some highlighting that needs to be happening as far as honoring those medals when they happen and making sure that they continue to be honored. The fact that I have five world titles sometimes just kind of gets pushed off to the side when there is someone else that has maybe that NCAA connection in the in the in the same conversation as me
0: a lack of media coverage limits girls sports participation one of the ways it does so is by limiting opportunities for donors donors and sponsorship are key in funding athletes like Adeline's careers Adeline told me a bit more about how media coverage and donorship are related
1: when it comes to donors and media if the media is putting us on the cover of magazines and telling our stories about some of the struggles like during COVID um, the Olympic training center just closed. They told us within three days, they were like, you got to be out. We don't care where you go. And at the time, my husband was in a hotel and we didn't have a home. Like we were, we were homeless for a moment. And like that story, I believe draws attention to the struggles that some of the Olympic athletes are going through and the discomfort that we had to find and figure out how to still get our job done. We're still being asked to go and do our same job of winning gold medals at the Olympics and World Championships. But the support has dropped drastically because the world changed. And I believe that there is money out there and there are sponsors out there. There are people who did well during the pandemic and those people could be giving back to women in sports. And those stories are told by the media and those situations draw attention to women that don't have the same financial backing as some of the men do and the fallbacks when it comes to finding gyms to open up to, and I've been very lucky, um, but it was still difficult for me, but I I have clout behind my name, and I walk into a gym and can introduce myself with a confidence that I understand my value and my worth, but I feel for the women who haven't quite gotten to my point yet, that they're walking into gyms and being dismissed because they're in the same situation as me of not being able to find adequate training or adequate partners or adequate funding, and they, and yet they aren't able to have that same conversation and be taken seriously because it hasn't been shown the path that women can have. And so I really think you've seen women get hurt more in this pandemic, especially in sports, because we don't have fallbacks. We were getting those kind of crumbs here and there of just getting picked up by clubs. And, and when push came to shove, they stood by their people who are on payroll and that's not very many women.
0: Beyond being inspired by other athletes, Adeline says coaches can have a huge impact on female athletes' success. I asked her what coaches had done for her that made a big difference in her career. As
1: far as what coaches can really do is they can create opportunities for women. They can make sure that they feel like they have a space in this room, that they have literal space on the mat. You know what I mean? Like clearing out a spot and being like, this is where you can wrestle. You are allowed to come in here. You are allowed to learn. You are allowed to dedicate your time and effort and energy into getting better at a sport in this physical space where you can feel safe you can feel part of the team and just creating opportunities for them to have partners uh, we are a combat sport and so you need another person to fight against and so finding someone who is an appropriate weight and size and adjusting for gender um, I compete I wrestle at about 170 pounds. But I wrestle boys when I bring boys into wrestle that are about 130. And so adjusting to some of those size and strength differences and still giving me an an opportunity to get better at wrestling. And so there, there are a lot of things when it comes to coaches just speaking up and allowing women spots on their teams. But also when it comes to the administrative side of it, saying like, we also need women in this space. We would like to one day grow to having a women's team and a female coach to coach those women and to have equal opportunities for men and women to learn from this sport. And so I think that's the biggest thing is coaches can start to dream a little bit further down the road. Their team might not be ready for a women's team right now, but they're ready for women to come into that room and to start to try and to start to have some successes here and there. And so I really think coaches can play a vital role in dreaming that they will one day have a women's program that's as big and successful as their men's program.
0: Thank you so much for this. Um, This really has been so great and I really appreciate you taking the time.
1: Well, thank you for having me and I I hope everyone can follow me at Adeline Gray. Um, Like I said, this is a really exciting year that we have coming up and my Instagram is going to be showing all of the hard training and all of the kind of struggles and ups and downs along the way to Olympic and world gold.
0: Thanks for listening to She Was, She Is. You can find the full series wherever you listen to your podcasts. Our music is courtesy of bensound.com. I'm Rebecca Gutierrez.